0: Welcome to Uplifting Conversations. Today's conversation is with the dynamic uh, Bilal Little and Devon Drew of DFD Partners. The word that I keep coming back to is uplifting. I have this conviction based on my lived experience that uplifting people or the planet doesn't have to be draining. It can actually feel uplifting to the person who's making that impact. I am. Beyond excited to connect with you guys on this platform. If I may uh, uh, talk my stuff uh, for a second here. Uh, I, was, I was telling Bilal before we got on that they should have never let us get together. Man, uh, uh, you talked about how the energy doesn't lie. What you guys are doing has moved tons of people, whether, whether they, they've heard you at Future Proof, whether they've heard you on Josh Brown's podcast. I think it's immediate um, what your what your heart for the change that you're trying to make is and what your capability is uh, to make that change. So I am thrilled to share what DFD Partners is doing for the industry, thrilled to share uh, your stories here on this platform. And so, uh, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll let you guys get into uh, kind of where you're coming from and what you've done. But I would like to start, uh, if you don't mind, by giving folks uh, a, a brief description of what DFD Partners is. Um, and then also, kind of, uh, what your professional pedigree is, because both of you guys have have some impressive institutions that you have come from and some impressive backgrounds. So let's let's shine a light on that first before we get into your journeys. And
1: we really appreciate that, TB. Really, really do, man. This is such a blessing to to be on the show. Love love what you're doing and, and your messaging, and you know the synergies that our businesses could have and look forward to growing together. Uh, so, like you mentioned, my name is Devon Drew, founder and CEO of DFD Partners. DFD actually stands for, and a lot of people ask me, diligence fund distributors, right? And what we are is a data-driven distribution platform for asset managers to help them scale more efficiently uh, with tech enablement, right? And when you look at the the why, right, and you you look at the top 20 asset managers in the industry gaining nearly 50% of all the flows and taking a step back, you know, you're looking at 90% of the flows going just to 10% of the managers, right? So if, just think about if you were, you know, that diverse manager, right? And you're and you're really struggling, you know, you came from a big shop, but you're struggling to fundraise, uh, or you come out, you came from a big asset manager, and you're, you know, you're on your own, and you know, you're at that $500 billion mark, and you're trying to, you know, you're, you're trying to get up, you know, up there, or you're a fund one, trying to raise your first 100. How do you compete against the big boys, right? How do you punch above your weight class? So what we're really designed to do is leverage both public data and and paid data, being able to run it through our machine learning process and take a fund manager that has that product fit and pair them together with an allocator with the product need, thus shortening the sales cycle, reducing your client acquisition costs, all the while not having to add to expensive headcount. And if we can do that, and we've demonstrated that, that we can, then more and more when you start talking about the inclusive capital um, that starts flowing our way, right? Because our whole thing and our whole mantra is pair you with your ideal client. And if we could keep that in mind, then it's going to be, it's never easy, but it, it's, it's going to remove some of the barriers for, for, uh, for raising capital.
0: Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I think about it. And I've thought about you guys' business a lot and how valuable it is, even for, for someone in my position and like, finding product fit uh for us Uplifting capital took ingenuity took creativity took a lot of hard work finding market fit takes resources right yeah. like like hard stop it takes resources right. and for some folks they can pay for boots on the ground right you guys are enabling that really really efficiently through technology which is which is incredible
1: yeah and and thinking of it from just an economic standpoint you look at 77% of the you know business development professionals are making over $400,000, right? And then you take that to a top core, top performer, you're looking at anywhere from 750 to a million bucks a year. Not a lot of people can afford that, right? Not a lot of people can have the boots on the ground that, that can resemble a small army to be able to give those type of business development efforts, right? Those are very, very difficult to, to replicate.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you right now, I ain't got it. <laughs> Look, I'm, cool I'm, I'm patting my pockets as I say that <laughs> so so tell like so obviously um there is a, a really really unique skill set and, and set of experiences that goes into being able to even imagine a company like this and then execute it on the level that you have why don't you share a little bit of the background that's informed your ability to do this
1: right so um this is my sixteenth year in asset management distribution. Uh, before DFD Partners, I was actually at a a very very small firm called Vanguard, and you know, and at that and at that small, I think I've heard uh, of them.
0: I think I've heard, yeah, of them. Yeah, I,
1: some, yeah. They're out in PA, I think they, I think. But uh, but yes, yeah, so you know, at that large asset manager, you know, you see it from the other side of the spectrum, right? You literally see people calling to put money with you, right? Before I was at Vanguard, the only people that would call me was like my mom, right? And now I had, you know, and now, you know, then I was at Vanguard and had allocators and advisors reaching out, figuring out how they can implement, um, how they can implement Vanguard sh- strategies within their portfolio. And then kind of a light hit, light click. The power of the retail investor, the power of the end client is more powerful than I think any of the other large asset managers could even fathom, right? When you're looking at just the tailwinds that are that are happening, not yesterday, but now, right? You have the $68 trillion changing hands over the next 20 years. You have each and every day the background, the face, and the profile of wealth changing before our eyes. And now more than ever, the incline is demanding more impactful, diverse, and differentiated solutions within their uh, investment portfolios that more represent who they are culturally and what their beliefs are aligned to, right? So all those are tailwinds to say, hey, listen, if we were able to come up with a platform that is diverse in nature, right? Diverse in background, diverse in gender, uh, diverse in asset class, diverse in generation, which all encompassing is, is inclusive, right? If we were able to not only come up with that, but being able to leverage data, leverage AI, to leverage ML, to be able to cut through the noise and actually get you to a captive audience, then we might be onto something. And a funny thing happened when when we started mentioning the story and we started building it from the from the ground up we were getting yes after yes after yes right and then it's building out the technology right so you know what i did was was i don't come from a technology background i come from a distribution background so making sure that we surrounded ourselves with technical advisors that have over 40 years of experience in the business uh you know one of my technical advisors is a rocket scientist another another part of our dev team came from pitch book that got bought by morningstar another part of our tech team was on hidden levers, and then they got. Of course, they got bought by Ryan for 30x, right? Must, you know, must must be nice, right? And, and then, you know, and then if you look at it from a data scientist perspective, you know, we have a data scientist that had experience in Morgan Stanley and Apollo and in in the NFL, right? So really creating that that team of specialist domain experts to be able to help uplift the entire organization and in turn the entire industry.
0: Yeah, man, I, you're sweet talking me talking about where where asset management and wealth management is headed, man. Because that is, yeah, I'm betting on that trend. So you're talking team, and I got Balao sitting here uh, yeah. quietly shaking. Uh, he's ready, man. Like he's, he's, like he's, he's not an absolute killer. <laughs> so why don't you share a little bit about about yourself and your background?
2: Yeah, so look, I mean, I think Devon hit the nail on the head as far as sort of where we are today and where we're going. So the reason that I decided to join DFD Partners Mm -hmm. was really about him and my buy-in to what we were doing, because no one in the industry had, I would say, the exact same alignment from a background perspective than I did. So I got about 16 years of uh, financial services experience as well. Uh, Devon and I actually met when we took our Series 7 uh, about 15 years ago. Uh, which was an interesting and funny story, which I'll let him tell you offline one day. Um, But I started my career at Lehman Brothers. And, you know, the interesting part about that period in time is you learn a lot as a a young, uh, I'd say, minority in the business. You just want to stick around, especially during the financial crisis, Mm -hmm. right? And then I was with a company which was the subsidiary of Lehman, which was Newberger Berman. I was with them and expanded my career, and they moved me out to California calling on advisors, working with advisors, helping them build investment portfolios. And um, I went to business school at SC uh, while I was out in California. And that's when I joined BlackRock, another small firm uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) with some experience in distribution. But that period of time let me know that everything that we were doing from a distribution perspective was all about collecting data and trying to figure out a way to use that data more effectively. But it was my conversations with Devon where he's like, dude, there's gotta be a better way to distribution. And in distribution today, leading up to sort of why I decided to join DFD Partners was all, all about pushing. You hire salespeople, like you mentioned, you know, this expensive overhead, they go out and collect data and they pick up the phone and they email advisors all day. That's what they do, right? That's a broken model. You're trying to force your way into something. What we wanted to do was reverse engineer that entire experience and help unique managers rise to the top and let's pull them through leveraging the information and in technology. And technology is the, the great, I would say giant in the industry today because it allows people to scale and get depth and get growth when you actually have limited resources. So that's why I joined DFD and uh, I sit as the president and head of advisor engagement as we continue to build out this platform.
0: Man, I love it. So, so I, I think that gives people a good, a good flavor for where you guys are and what your capabilities are to execute on kind of the value promise of what you built. I would love to, to dig into and, and, and really uh, the kind of purpose of, of this uh, platform is to get into the why and, and, and where you came from. And, and particularly to start out with, one of the things we talk about is not skipping over the hard stuff. You guys had good jobs. <laughs> like, like People are fighting to get where you left. What, what was it, because it has to be more than money, because the, the promise of that was there. It has to be more than kind of career and status, because the promise of that was there. What, what was it that, that drove each of you um, to a place where you would take this, this leap of faith and build something that didn't exist?
1: Yeah. You know, clearly money is not it because uh, you know, to go uh you know, from a large institution to, to getting to getting no paycheck for a, a long period of time, it's clearly not about money. You know, when 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 I think back on my 16 years and, you know, I've had some, I guess, decent success, you know, at my organizations, Um, I look back at what is my impact, you know, so in 16 years. I have not gotten one person actually that looks like me and my similar background hired, and you try to figure out, well, why, why is that? You know, and then, and it's always kind of the the cultural fit or the, you know, whatever, you know, whatever excuse there, there could be. And the last time that happened, you know, I was with an organization and they were building out an entire, you know, hybrid wholesaler model and they're hiring like 30 people. And, you know, I was very judicious in referring, uh, referring, five people right and and not one of them got hired and they were they were folks at jp and you know other large organizations and i'm like well why is that like 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 why like why um like why is that right and like what is going to be my impact so around that time george ford got his life taken and it really allowed me to sit back and say you know what forget the money like let's go and build something truly disruptive and by truly disruptive if, if if when we're able to disrupt the flow of capital, we'll be able to create our own market and we'll be able to hire people with diverse backgrounds and diverse in background, not only diverse in background, but diverse, diverse in thought as well, right? We're able to build this thing from, you know, from, from the ground up. And that's also why we came out with our big initiative. And our big initiative is, it stands for bridging the investment gap when it is our mission and our vision to raise $1 trillion for diverse manager AUM by 2030. Now they may seem by like lofty goals. I think
0: there's something wrong with the audio because I thought you said that with the T. Uh,
1: with the T. Yeah, with the T, <laughs> right? We no. we, we talk, Yeah, we 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 talk we talking T's over here, right? Yeah. So um when when we do help our managers and industry wide get to that, the sad thing is it won't even represent 3% of the total market. Right. So, like, we're not, you know, like, we're not, we're not talking about, you know, we're not, we're not talking about tremendous market share growth, Mm -hmm. but, you know, being able to prove, continue to prove out our concepts. Right. When we're able to, you know, fit, get that, get that product fit with that product need, if we continually do that and keep our clients first, we'll get there. Case in point, last quarter alone, you know, we helped our managers raise a little under a hundred million dollars in one quarter now for your larger organizations that's not you know like that's 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 probably a days worth of work but think about some of the smaller managers that we've been working with and and in turn you know folks have you know seen the seen the early success we had and now all of a sudden we have 700 billion dollar asset managers that are looking to do the same because they're trying to go from 700 to 1.5 trillion right so it's like everyone everyone the conversation that we've had everyone at least wants to have a conversation about cost-effective tech enabled scale.
0: Yeah, man, for, for I, I can tell you, like if you're looking at kind of the industry in aggregate, that may feel like a drop in the bucket for, for those right. individual managers, for us individual managers, man, that's everything. Right. That's everything. Mm-hmm. So kudos. What about you Bilal, like, like what was it?
2: Yeah, so I, I'll tell you like the only thing that's ever drove, I would say, or driven me throughout my entire career was curiosity. Um, that's the reason I went back to business school. It's the reason why I would take a new position. It's the reason why I would explore something different. And when Devon started to share what he was doing at DFD, uh, partners, what was so, dr- uh, I would say captivating to me was curiosity on doing something different, but having a greater impact. Our old conversation kept being about like, what is our purpose? What is our impact? Like, what are we going to be remembered for while we were here? And the truth is while I was working at BlackRock you know, during the George Floyd um, untimely murder, what happened to me was really interesting as far as the employee outreach and the amount of people who were calling me to ask me if I was okay with the social issues. And the, the, the good thing is I found allyship in what was transpiring at the organization. So there's nothing wrong with that. The bigger issue was I had never been called or asked to go reach out to either black financial advisors or minority banks right, that represented me and represented my cultural views and the, and the things that I was dealing with. And I just recognized really quickly, like there were some massive disconnects uh, just in the industry. And the model was broken, quite frankly, and it wasn't inclusive. And then, you know, when, when Devon started asking me about doing this, I said, you know what, why take a position doing the same exact thing that I was doing before, when I can go and have an impact and really Im- inflict change on our industry and have a damn good time doing it and yeah. put a little sauce on it. That's the, <laughs> that, that's the part, right? Our yeah. industry is stale and it's not, there is no, there is no juice to it. It's not sexy. There's a reason that there's a disconnect between generations. And that's when I was like, man, DFD partners has it. So let's do this thing together. And we shook and we just kept it moving. So that's why I'm here. my, you know, it's again, it's all aligned with purpose. Yeah, Very early, very so early what was that
0: Devon?
1: i said we're very we're very early on so so the, the the future is the future is is exciting of, of what we have brewing
0: so let's let's talk about that cuz like it's it's one thing to 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 think about kind of what drives you toward this or what what pushes you toward this from from your prior seat but what gives you hope in turn when you look out on the landscape and when you look at the possibilities uh, what gives you hope that you can actually be a conduit for for the change that that you're seeking, or for, for yeah, the yeah, man.
1: I'm glad you asked that. So the answer, short answer is, there's no hope, right? Because I don't, I don't hope because hope is not a strategy for me. You know, there's there's no there's there's no hope and there's nothing below my feet, right? There's no safety, there's no parachute, there, there's no Plan B. It is just this. Now, why I am bullish on the future of DFD Partners having Balau as the president, um, having folks like you in the in the ecosystem T B is for the demographic shifts that we're seeing, right? And and Balau is, you know, Balau is so in tune with data, right? And he's, you know, all hours of the night he's sending over articles and and emails and slacks and whatever case it is. And you look at what's happening with, let's say, the largest asset manager in the world, BlackRock. I mean like BlackRock just lost business from the state of uh, South Carolina and two other a uh, major state in, in in public plans, for what? Because they are not in aligned with who they represent. You know, also taking it in the ne- next step, right? We had a, a $2 billion Taft Harley plan reach out to our platform, say, listen, we're $2 billion, 90% of our plan participants are black and brown. Our participants came in the office essentially and said, we we want more representation of who's managing our money. So let let them to go meet with the consultants, meet with the investment committee. And then it came to us and say, "Hey, listen, we're going to allocate 500 million out of that 2 billion to diverse managers. However, our portfolios are 100% managed by the same, right? And I'm not saying the same person, but the same demographic, right? So if you look at that uh, if you look at that shift that's happening." not last year, not last month, not last week, but today, mm-hmm. Those are that's a massive tailwind because not only from the institutional side, they're mandating to do that now. Now you're seeing it on the retail side where the end client is saying, hey, Mr. Mr. Financial Advisor, this portfolio is cool. Back testing is great, but that's not who I am as a person. And I think that's why you're starting to see you know, just invest in parametric and, and one of the, you know, one of a, a rockstar technology platform is, is Smartleaf, right? Mm-hmm. As Smartleaf is going to be able to change the game. And, and you think about from a, a customizable standpoint, like if you're, if you're, you know, if you're compliant with Sharia law, right, being able to create a profile and create a, a, a portfolio that is compliant to your beliefs, right? So that's happening right now. There's big money involved in that.
0: Ethics, right canvas. I'll put those among those same ones. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you my own anecdote exactly along the my the last client we landed, foundation, <clears throat> hit up their financial advisor. You know, a, a decent sized healthcare system foundation hit up their financial advisor and said, "Our constituency looks like this. Yeah. Our managers look like this, and uh, at least for these private equity managers, and they weren't even looking for impact." They were just looking for managers who represented what their population looked like. The impact was a bonus. We came in, we said, you know, mm-hmm. majority black owned, majority woman led firm. Uh, here's the impact that we have. They were s- delighted on, 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 the, on the positive side for, with that. And we landed the client like, like obviously, you got to show your capabilities, but people are looking for something different from the profile of their asset managers <laughs> and from the strategies. So so,
2: so so, let me jump in because this is so fascinating to me, right? There is a factor that, that is not numeric, which is completely different for the financial services industry. They're mm-hmm. talking about a value uh, that people place on their personal either bias and or just cultural views that will now inflict the way that they invest and or allocate capital in the future. If you take those states that Devon mentioned about the loss of BlackRock, they're talking about one5 billion dollars that was basically being reallocated or reconstituted to different managers. Now, those states, just so we're clear, like those are predominantly white states as an example of just culture, like like, uh, ethnicity. And it doesn't matter. The point is the face of pro and the profile of wealth is changing where they're demanding unique solutions to meet their investment capabilities and needs. And that's what's so fascinating about what's taking place today.
0: That's incredible. Um, so, so we talked a little bit about uh, why why you're bullish, Devon. W- what I would love to hear, maybe allow you could you you could touch on this is, like, what was it that that gave you the mentality to to not go? You know, we need new resources and different people, and we're gonna we're gonna sit inside these large organizations and lobby to death to get people to change what they're doing. Instead, my, my, my mom uh, used to use this phrase, bloom where you're planted. You used the positions where you were in, the resources that you had, and you made the assumption that you had everything you needed in front of you to, to create the, the future that you wanted to create. What goes into that mentality and, and, and how, what, what would you offer folks who are thinking about chasing rather than stretching what they have?
2: yeah, let me let me defer to Devon because he created the value and view of what DFD is, and I think this is important, and I'll dovetail off of that. Yeah. But I would just say, as you as you gear up, Devon, is thinking about the position that you sit in, how much change can you actually inflict versus going out and creating a white space or blue ocean opportunity, as they say in business? And leveraging everything that you've learned, all the resources between relationships and people to go out and create uh, a better mousetrap and a better way to do something, which is actually more inclusive and uh, not as invasive as people may think
0: yeah what where so you got that relentlessness devon I, i've been i i've been i think i said on 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 twitter this morning collective action is effective action i've been rhyming today Actually, i had a basketball game last night i told somebody stop awaiting outcomes create outcomes right like so what made you decide instead of awaiting an outcome to create an outcome
1: yeah so you know for me there's a difference between entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship so when you look at you know when you look at before you go to make that leap, or if you're even considering make that leap, be an entrepreneur, which is running your business inside of your organization. So that's what I did. That's what I did at first. Right. So I proved out the concept at a high level and ran my business within a large organization like it was my own business. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you think about the steps that is taken to take that leap, You know when you're able to, you know when you're able to go and look at the bear case, bull case, base case of everything that you're doing, and then it gives you, you know, then for me it was no, it was no turning back, right? Because I already knew I was able to, you know, prove out the concept somewhat. And I'm like, well, you know, if I'm able to raise, you know, raise some some capital from, you know, some friends and family, of course my own my own capital being, you know, being a line share of it, then I'll have what I need to really build this out because my vision is clear. I would go to sleep every night with my vision. I wake up every morning with my vision. You know, there's, there's a reason, you know, there's a reason why that we've been able to have this type of real success because we are relentless, right? And we know the necessary conversations that it's going to take to get us there, right? And all of that started with being at this large organization and, you know, part of me, you know, taking the opportunity at a larger organization just to see how it is run from the inside out. You know, what are their, what are their pain points, right? What are they doing really well? What could they do better? and no matter whether it was being at a large organization of eight nine trillion or being at a 20 billion dollar shop which i think was the smallest i've been at each and every one of them have very similar pain points Mm -hmm. right and 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 within our industry that is around technology Mm -hmm. right so and 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 balau is great with data a lot you know blackrock was very keen on saying we're no longer an asset manager we're a financial technology company Right. Correct. And then as folks started to kind of gravitate towards that, you still have an aging employee base. Right. Where you're like, you know what? I've been doing the same thing for 30 years. I'm not changing now. So you can bring me all this data. You could tell me market share growth there and market metrics this and all this all this all this great data. But you know what? I have my relationships, I'm going to be able to succeed no matter what, right? So that's kind of the commonality, right? You have the organizations that are, some are forward thinking, but then the employees and that's what makes it antiquated. People have been doing the same thing for a long time and having a, a lot of success. Why change, right? So I'm like, well, if we could build this from the ground up, knowing that all the tools and resources are already there, we're able to build out something and, you know, we are patent pending currently. So something that we're doing is differentiated, right? and being able to do things the right way knowing where you know knowing that the you know the, the the walkway was already paved from a large organization that trying to pivot you know into being a financial tech technology company so I was like well why don't we lead with tech first and being able to offer that cost effective tech enabled scale to run our business and that has led us to being able to acquire clients from our competition right because we're not making any promises we're not you know we're not guaranteeing anything we're saying hey listen We'll let the data decide. If the data decides this, that's the direction, you know, we'll we'll advise for you. If not, it's all good. Right. And I think people are really gravitated toward that, right? We're not, you know, we're we're not making, you know, we're, we're not making grandiose statements and anything. We're just saying, hey man, listen, here's here's the deal, here's what the market's saying, here's what they're saying. You're in your route. Right. And are and that's the point we're at right now. So to 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 surmise, being an entrepreneur, right? So being a dom- domain expert within your own larger organization, carving out That niche and what you're good at first and that's the that's the crux of being able to say hey listen I know where I'm strong at but more importantly I know where I'm not strong at so let me start identifying those key pieces that is around me and when we're together it's going to be a dangerous beast right so um and and I think that's what we've done a a decent a decent job and of course we are you know we are in a position where we're hiring for some talented individuals but we're we're almost there, right? And 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 our team is small, but you know, but but we punch above our weight class.
0: Yeah, and that at, at the strength of that vision pulls you. I, I I remember you said going to sleep and waking up with that vision. I remember it literally keeping me up, like the, yeah. like just not be like waking up and just having to write, waking up right. and just having yeah. to do yeah. stuff because grab the phone, the notes. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's powerful. So I I want to I want to leave people with a way to to genuinely. Uh, kind of move in this direction, like asset management is changing. I think it will be eventually be for the better. Wealth management is changing. The face of those, those verticals is changing. Uh, If people want to be a part of that change or, or a part of facilitating that change, maybe they don't go out and create the next DFD, but this could be financial advisor, accredited investor institution. What are we call them micro acts of courage? What are some things that they could do today what are some steps that they could take uh immediately to move in that direction
1: yeah i think Bilal i think you know Bilal could answer that because he did a lot of those while he was at while he was at blackrock
2: <laughs> yeah so i'll say this um i think the highest form of gratitude and humility and uh just being humble is to be self-aware and selfless and that's when you become like self actualize, if you, if you kind of think about Maslow's hierarchy of self actualization, that's the highest form when you can literally look in the mirror and say, What can I do for someone else and expect nothing in return? And I think what we want the industry to do and why our initiative is called Big and, and Lock Arms with Us is to become allies with us and allies and become and have allyship in this mission to not only democratize the asset management industry, but to be more inclusive not just a black, and, black and brown people and women, but also just differentiated um, thought processes. And how can we actually do that in a way that is diplomatic, harmonious, and um, all-inclusive? And I think our platform actually allows for that to take place. It's incredible. All
0: right, fellas, any closing thoughts for you, Devon?
1: No oh, man, you know, we're just, you know, we're we're excited to partner with with folks like UTB. Um, you know, we look to you. You know, we look at you as someone that not only as a as a mentor, but you know, but now a friend. And you know, we're excited to take this journey
0: together. No oh, man, I, I I'm so appreciative of of being in the same space and moving in the same direction with with people of your character, uh, with, with shared backgrounds. Um, yeah, no, it just it makes the journey that much better, man. So let let's get to it. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. All right. Appreciate you guys. Take care. Please be sure to subscribe, like, and click the notification button so you never miss an episode.